Welcome back, everybody, to Media Made Me here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. I am Felipe, the titular Brazilian Dragon, and happy 2024 officially on the podcast, even though we are in our second month already. But do we have a great kickoff podcast for you all this year? We are joined by the one, the only, Matt Scott. Matt, how are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here and just to be be talking with you, Felipe. It's always a gift to talk with you and um, to be in your presence, in the presence of just everything. You're a king. You're a king. The Brazilian dragon. But more than anything, just like the love that you have for everyone around you, myself included, just makes this that much more of a joy. In fact, I'm going to call it right now. This is my favorite podcast that we've ever done together i'm just i'm putting out there it's a it's not a not a competitive field it's this and Harry <laughs> um and then the the queer voices of rhp right right within uh within the pride has spoken podcast yes. right um is yeah. that it is that all we're on that's kind of criminal. no we haven't done more together is it? But, oh my gosh yeah. i guess so i guess so. but yeah you know what just well, edit well, out well, that part where you clarified that it wasn't that many podcasts. And but it's okay. Hey, hey, hey. this will be the greatest <laughs> that we might ever do potentially. Oh no, 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 the no. Next, honestly, the next one will be better. This but... is this is motivation for us to do more stuff together. It is. It is. Yes. we'll make it. Happen. Um, but Matt, first of all, how are you? I yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Life yeah. is life is moving. Media's continuing to make me yes. uh, i'm continuing to make media uh and i was just telling you before recording like just about to film a bunch of interviews that i'm gonna put out there for um this docuseries i work on through work that's focused on people working on climate change people of color um, but also a lot of queer people in the mix in the san francisco bay area working on climate change stuff so um i'm good i'm good i'm good i've, I've uh, been calmer I've been calmer for sure, but this that. is a good time to like slow down and reflect and breathe. Um, now, and I'm question. Yes, if please. If anyone is a silly Billy and doesn't know who you are, do you want to do a little introduction? Oh my gosh, yes. My name is Matt Scott. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a young black queer person. I am a podcaster on Rob is a podcast, just to start with the podcasting stuff and how we know each other. Um, and I started as part of the class of 2020 in 2020. Um, and believe it or not, uh, <laughs> I thought it was 2015. I don't even know. Like, it's hard. I lose track of time. And actually, it is kind of wild that that was like almost four years ago, which it does not feel like it's been that long. But among other things, I am the host of, or co-host of a show called The Wrestling We're Half Up, talking about pro wrestling with the one and only Mari Forth. And we just have a lot of fun just, you know, being friends, being buds, having some guests on, talking wrestling stuff. Um, and, you know, that's, I, I have a feeling that will probably come up as we talk today. But um, other than that, I am the host of Pod Friends on Rob's podcast, interviewing people in the community and just diving into who they are and their stories. And it's just like one of the, 
I would say one of the great joys of like who I am is getting to interview people. So I mentioned like the work I do is in the climate space, leading a storytelling program at a non at a global nonprofit. And um, I also interview folks there and like love to dive in and just create comfortable spaces to share people's stories because representation matters. And um, I love to center voices that often go unheard, especially of black and brown people, of queer people, um, of just others that deserve to be highlighted in the work I do. So that's just a little bit about me. Um, and uh, I know this isn't the time for plugs, but Matt Scott GW on all the social media. I'm a Taurus. I live in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I'm going to stop actually while I'm ahead. I don't want to dox myself too much, but yes. Yeah, you don't, wanna, you don't want to, you don't want, you don't want the BB Twitter girlies to come and like, oh, no. <laughs> when you're on the show and like, send hate mail to your your loved ones <laughs> no i'm not even gonna comment on that because i'm like will big brother come up on this who knows but i you know let me just say i will never be on big brother that's and i would not i can't uh, that show scares me it's terrifying valid very valid <laughs> no um you mentioned pod friends and i just want to give you your flowers because that is one of the best things rhp has ever done Thank pod you. friends and also like there is definitely inspiration in pod friends i feel like the two biggest imp- inspirations for media made me was like pod friends mm-hmm. uh and mike bloom always making simpsons references on many of his podcasts and i including, feel like that was kind of yeah including pod, friends. On a pod friends episode which i would say like is uh, at least from what i've heard from the community you know what not that there's a ranking at all. There isn't. But, you know, one of, like, the Pod Friends episodes that really resonated with folks and hit home. So If you were to, to the, like, listen yeah. and, like, plug a podcast of Pod Friends that is, like, this is what Pod Friends is, that would be like I, one. I, I, I mean, look, I, I would say maybe not to start on that because it might be, like, the peak of my podcasting career. And then I'll just maybe go downhill from everything else, Absolutely but no, um, no, but I would say to listen to that, um, it, you know, as you know, Felipe, like we had so many different live events and things that we've been to not only Rob as a podcast, but like Bryson when present and that community. And I couldn't go a single event without hearing from like at least one person, but usually like multiple people who referenced that episode. Yeah. So I'd say to check that episode of Pod Friends out from January 2023. Yeah. So I mentioned in the pre-show, I called Kevin and Nigel dads. Uh, but my, yeah. my big dad, my dad is my daddy. He is father. Uh, he is, he is, he and Rob are my fathers, I feel like, uh, <laughs> in the podcasting. Like, I feel like I was raised by them as podcasters uh-huh. and like i definitely pull a lot of inspiration from them and oh you can be like big brother because i've pulled a lot of inspiration from you oh uh, as a podcast consumer definitely media made me has elements of pod friends but i i really love to focus on like the intersection between consumption and identity which i think yeah. is different than pod friends because you're like very much like a what's your story like, how, like yes and that's, you, you're say, doing a so really different. good job of bonding with people and finding your your part of your story that connects with them like i mean i was listening mm. to a couple of episodes while at work to like prep for this podcast uh re-listening to some listening to some that i missed um in mm-hmm. the first run and just like you're really good at like this is give matt scott his flowers moment but i appreciate uh, it. you're really good at like connecting yourself 
to their story and like empathizing with them, but then also like finding a way to like guide them to like share more and more. And I feel like obviously like you said you don't want to do Big Brother. If you were uh-huh. ever to be on one of these shows, I feel like you would be situated so well because your social game oh. is very strong and you're just like a very likable person. I think like the the hardest part for you, I feel like would be like separating like your actual essence of who you are oh, to be no. throat. It's easy. It's easy. And this is the thing that I think maybe this podcast better than maybe any other podcast that I've been on will shine a light on is that I'm like, I mean, look, all of us are complicated people, right? And there's all sorts of sides to us. And I do think that the media that made me, oh, look at, look at the podcast title. Matt just referenced the podcast title. I do think the media that made me is like, gives a gives a better sense of like who I am more holistically than any one thing than like pod friends or interviewing people in climate or like there's so much where you're like Matt that feels strange for you like I wouldn't expect that you like that thing and also are like that you're not a sociopath and I'm like (laughs) yeah it's possible um at least I assume I'm not a sociopath I don't think you are I feel like you're too much of like (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not empathetic person to be like you don't give Jeffrey Dahmer girl no 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 I don't yeah I figured I'm pretty confident in that but you know it is interesting like the um yeah I think there's a lot that we're gonna uncover and you're right there are differences with pod friends but I love how with media made me you you also do something that we don't really do like on podcasts so often it's about talking about the shows talking about the media and then kind of moving on to the next piece of media that comes out and the next one the next one but we don't talk about the people behind the media and why they're super interested in it and so sometimes i'll get into that a little on pod friends but really like you said it's about people's stories and so i just love how um i love being your big brother um but I also would never be on Big Brother. Yes, as no, we, we those live that. side note, those live feeds are insane. And Honestly, the Twitter heart- fandom is not right. Like I I I I'm not I don't wanna I can't Listen, deal with that. Like I'm not I'm not gonna come out here and be like Taryn, don't get your coin because I know that's like what he loves the most about Big Brother is the live feeds. But also I do think that like people who were like saying cancel big brother Canada because they decided to have different types of live feeds last year. I'm like, I I respect and understand the need to hold people accountable for their actions and that like you want to see the strategy unfolding. But I also think that in this year Mm. of 2024, we don't need to see absolutely everything. We can like have like times that the live feeds are on and then times the live feeds are out. I think it's very yeah. weird when people like watch the contestants sleeping and monitor what their activities are. Um, it's, just, a, like, it's, a, it's a choice for sure. It's voyeurism. So, someone should, yeah, someone should write a book about it. I think that there's a lot there. I also, to your point about that, I, like, I thought it was so cool when they, look, don't cancel me, people. Well, actually, cancel me if you want. It's fine. I don't, I'm fine if you don't resonate with this. But, um, yeah, like, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's amazing. Like, if Big the Brother The narrative US on the television have, show is going to be what it is regardless, whether is. you like it or not. So, like, what's the harm of, like, if, actually, like, Yes. If Big Brother US didn't have live feeds, I would definitely be more likely to do Big Brother US. But that's but also I probably wouldn't because the fandom is still pretty toxic at times. Mm-hmm. And we can be part of that fandom and also still recognize its toxicity. I so think, that's what it is. I know she was on Twitter 
almost Uh-oh. as long as she was on Survivor 4. But Hannah Rose, when she popped on Twitter, Don't do that. was very much about positive <laughs> vibes. And I feel like that is the kind of we energy do I want hard to bring things. forth for 2024. Like, yes, yeah. I, I'm working on like trying to, at least in my own life, spin it to, if I am upset with a player for not making the move I want, instead of putting blame and being like, this person's an idiot or a moron to quote my favorite Abby Maria, mm. be like, no, person A is just so good at the game even if i it's against my fave they like played their social game well enough that convinced my fave to make a dumb choice a choice that was against their best interest. i'm trying to like spin it in my head because i feel like positive vibes are so important we are on these online mm. streets which are very toxic i think that's something i really appreciate about you is that you're very much a positive vibe king like you give people their flowers you want to celebrate their successes and that's something that I've always really admired about you and why you've always been a standout for me in the podcasting community, because like you actually want to celebrate people's wins and be there when they're struggling and make sure that like we focus on the positive because there's so much negativity in the world. And like, yes, you're willing to call it out when you need to, but sure. like you're not avoiding these topics, but you're also but, like, you yeah. want to celebrate people for who they are. And I think that comes from your experience as a black queer person. Yeah, and I mean, and so and so much more too, right? You know, there's there's a lot that makes any of us who we are. That those are definitely huge pieces of it. But I was just listening to the Bryce interview again, and I think that's part of the reason that stood out. (laughs) Because like you're giving him your flowers, and then he's giving you flowers. Oh oh, wow! Yeah, I do hear that interview now that you mention it, and just (laughs) what you said. But no, it's interesting because like I um you know even when it's uh, in even when it's holding people accountable, let's say like that's in service of protecting people and showing love for people, at least from where I come from it at. And um, it's not worth, you know, doing anything or being part of anything or any part of community or any part of media, if it's not like serving you and like supporting you and filling you. And um, I just want everyone to, you know, have a great time. And if I could help, influence that then that's what i'm down for that's what i'm here for um let's take it all the way back to oh. the early days of mascot were you always a positive vibes baby or were oh you like were you a Sesame streeter were you uh arthur oh. what was the media that you watched like lighthearted stuff or were you like watching watching like i don't know what's an unhinged baby content <laughs> <laughs> Unhinged baby content. I like the idea. I think that could be its own, like, like what do the sociopath babies watch? I don't know. I would not. I would not know. Um, But I will say that um, it's an interesting question of what I watch. So I grew up as like the youngest of four, four, three older siblings, and like my oldest sister's eight years older. Next sister's like five four or five years older and my brother's like two years older or so and so a lot of what I consumed was a lot of like stuff that was like a little bit above my age the age appropriateness so like I'm sure when I was really baby Matt Scott um I watched like Sesame Street here and there I did watch Arthur at points I watched uh Little Bill I remember loving Little Bill um you know despite i love little yeah. Bill, the character and that show right let's um, leave it in the in the yeah exactly 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 and you know and th- but then i even think there was a lot of great like and this is maybe a little slight slightly older 
or as I got slightly older, but like looking at things in syndication, there were shows like Family Matters and like Full House and all of those family sitcoms. Um, Saved by the Bell was something I would watch like every day before going to school for a long stretch of time in syndication because um, that was like mostly in the uh, late 80s and early 90s that, that that came out. I was also a fan of this show called Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Yeah, it makes so which much was sense. Like, which I actually like talk about a lot in the work that I do, putting it out there. And X-Men was there. Power Rangers was my thing too. But from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like I was, I had such a big crush on uh, Kimberly, the Pink Ranger back in the day. So many people I think, have a crush on the I, Pink Ranger. I think the, I think the, um, the budding bisexual in me at the time was like, oh, like there's something I really like about you know Tommy, who was either the green or white. He was ranger, the green, depending I think. on the time. Depending, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the green person. Maybe I associate the white him ranger. with the green more. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I think he's mainly the green ranger. But like, it was like that type of thing where um, something that I found in retrospect that I really resonate with was one like diverse uh, or characters who had some form of diversity. Now I was consuming all sorts of stuff. So we could like, I could just, let me just name drop like Clarissa explains it all. And that like whole Nickelodeon area era, I barely remember it, but I remember watching a lot of that. Um, but more than anything, like things like X-Men, Power Rangers, Captain Planet. Um, and then we'll get to like pro wrestling, but I look in, in retrospect and see, I really resonated with these shows that either had like characters who I somehow felt represented by or like shows that just had a diverse cast of people like even with X-Men it's like all these different powers and backgrounds which like when you are someone from like intersectional identities or from like who is not like in the majority like it feels nice to watch folks that are you know outside of that um and you know there's like again X-Men, Power Rangers, uh, you know, a lot of the shows I mentioned so kind of gave that. That yeah. like we you love the X-Men. Like, hey, I think there's like something that we can unpack about like how these are like very campy, like also fighting, and there's something like there's something there yeah. where I can connect it to wrestling, right? But oh, 100%. Um, more importantly, like the X-Men like are minorities they are like mm -hmm. um if you like think about the stories it's like oh they are like mutants and people are rude to them and they're like um essentially like people of color in america like they are treated yeah. compared to the normal superhero or normal uh -huh. human so it's like something yeah. that like you're connected to from an early age because i know that's one of your biggest like passions yeah. is uh yeah. dei yeah. and like yeah. working towards safer communities for all types of marginalized voices and mm -hmm. uh it's not shocking at all to hear that like you were an x-men kid no but i think the, to your point like you could even sort of extrapolate that idea out to something like power rangers where all and i mean i wasn't aware of my sexuality in like really any sense when i discovered power rangers but i would say there is something to i actually wasn't planning on like making the sexual orientation connection but um more like the connection of being on the outskirts where the power rangers like had to 
have largely had to like hide their powers from the community or like be really low key about it and be these badass heroes who are like oh yeah i'm just at school taking math tests that's me like not uh even though i wear the same colors that i uh fight in like in my in my when i when it's morphin time like it's um i think that there's something yeah the fighting piece is always is also interesting to me because it's not just fighting but like fighting for a cause yeah and i do think that there's like a sense of justice that in part was instilled in me by a lot of these shows even if they weren't necessarily like full-on trying to hit home that point though then again when i think of like x-men and power rangers and captain planet like all of them are pretty big in terms of pushing a sense of justice in some kind of way and i'm sure that that affected me i would play like all the time like imaginary like pretending to be you know a power ranger that was one of my one of my things back in the day so i can completely understand because we played code lyoko and danny phantom and aladdin in the Uh, the school playground (laughs) like mm -hmm. um but no, I now that you say that it is interesting because like as someone who has also been through similar experiences of like figuring out that he was bi, uh, mm. like it's interesting to think about the shows that resonated with me and that there was like a lot of like oh there's a secret that they're carrying like with a Danny Phantom and he's like half ghost and he doesn't want anyone. Yeah, Timmy Turner has his Power Rangers, uh, Fairly Odd Parents, not his Power Rangers. That would be a wild <laughs> crossover. Like P- Timmy Turner meets the Power Rangers. Let's make it happen. He would not be a good Power Ranger. Though. He would That's be so thing. bad, but like then he would yeah. have Cosmo and Wanda hook him up. Oh well, yeah. Wanda, okay. let's let's be real. Wanda would hook him up. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo, Cosmo say. would be like accidentally giving like the trade secrets to like the bad guys. Um, yeah, I mean, and but it is interesting. Like, there's a lot of um. It is yeah. This is what you. And do. the irony is that it's from like Butch Hartman, who is like a known like oh no more conservative person. But like oh, that's funny. The, they, it's well, like he it's just so got caught off guard. He didn't yeah. even know what he was doing. Basically. Yeah. So, but like I feel uh, like secret identities have always been like something that resonated with me. Maybe because I had one of my own that well, I was navigating the world through. And I maybe you can like elaborate more. No, on this. I mean let me let me I'll widen it out because I don't I I don't want to in this specific case. I almost wouldn't even give that much credit to like sexual orientation as an identity because I think all everyone has, you know, uh, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, like, I don't know if I'd use the phrase like secret identities, but every, there's this idea that like everyone wears masks. Like there's, there are masks that folks have as they navigate the world. And whether that is like, oh, you have this really corny interest that you're not sure how other people would be, like how they'd respond. I think pro wrestling is a great example of that as you know, it's like, um, Oh my God, I'm pro wrestling vendor. People are going to be like, Oh, that's so fake and stupid. Um, you know, reality, like, or reality TV is a great example. And these are just summer interests, but like there's so many levels you could go to as a human where like, even just like personal things where people are just like this, there's sides of us that we don't want to share with the world. Right. And I think that that is a maybe that's why these shows have been so successful among so many different audiences 
because people could connect with that idea of like having something that you hold dear to yourself or and then also there's just like a thrill to like secrets like ooh, like but like what happens if they find out about his powers or her powers or her her like origin story like what's gonna happen it's thrilling it's kind of thrilling but yeah i mean it's like they're I think the cool thing to your to our point is like there are so many levels that we could connect with these shows on, whether yeah. it's like with sexual orientation, with race and identity otherwise, with just like random embarrassing interests and all. Um there are reason reasons these shows are popular. I, I definitely would love to explore this further on like some sort of Please. podcast discussing like secret identities and queerness and like not just like queerness, but like also like growing up and like seeing these types of stories and how they impact children. I feel like there's something there. Um, but like, I also want to ask, so we talked a little bit about the TV that you consumed. What was like your early movie palette? Like, were you a Disney kid? Were you um, like a comedy kid? Were you a horror movie kid? You don't give horror movie girly, but you um, might surprise me. You know, it's weird. I don't, I don't have a strong recollection of a lot of. So here's here's my thing. And again, like here's... your taste might be subjective to like your siblings making you watch stuff that they wanted to watch. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because like I don't. When I think about it, so I am thirty one years old now. I was born in 1992. Again, back to me doxing myself. But I'm pointing this out because between 1992 and 2002, like, what are the movies that probably resonated with me? Like, I remember really enjoying Home Alone. Um, so, you know, a little, giving, a little, giving a little horror for sure. <laughs> a little comedy. Uh, but horror, that was a scary movie in a lot of ways. Uh, if you were Yeah, Marvin, Marvin Harry. Marvin Harry cannot be trusted and no absolutely not honestly if they walked into my place right now I I don't even have marbles to throw for them to slip on or like oil to put on the floor but you know it is um yeah like there was there's that you know we've talked about Harriet the Spy you love a good rambunctious child I do love <laughs> You know what? Actually, that's a good point. I do. And I also was like, a, I loved Spy Kids at one point, like that whole franchise. That yeah. was my thing. Um, I really, uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting because part of me wants to go to like some of the movies that are more popular, but I don't even really know how deeply they resonated. Like Lion King, sure. Like whatever. But <laughs> I think if I'm being honest with myself, like I was really, and again, I don't know exactly what year the Spy Kids franchise came out as an example, but I remember loving that and being so into that. Right. Um, and I, again, I think there's something about like the, Oh my gosh, Felipe, I'm having a realization, a moment here. It's like the crafty, sneaky, you crafty, sneaky kids. Well, yeah, it's like Harriet the get, Spy. Harriet the Spy, Spy Kids, but Home Alone. You get you get that. I remember also watching like Inspector Gadget, um, but like the animated series on one of the one of the channels, probably like the WB or something like that. Um, so there was a lot of that, and I just liked the. You have to remember where we were at the time in terms of technology, like the idea of a grappling hook the idea of a grappling hook was huge. Like the idea of a watch that also had a screen on it 
was like huge. Like I remember buying uh with I'm sure allowance my allowance or whatever I got. I remember buying like little spy toys for, that would be at like the book fairs and things. So that was my thing. And then you know, I became a mean girls girly, you know, when that came have around. That was one? a big thing. But that was or like no. that was like, no, I have not seen. And I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I need to. You know what I mean? Like I heard I've heard a lot of people who've been responded really amazingly to it and others who have um been like don't remake my mean girls so i'm like no one's re like your mean girls is still your mean girls but this is just different this is a different thing yeah. based on that so it's I okay so i don't know i'll come around to it, it. you can wait until it's on streaming if you're not you're not running i'll to get it. to it honestly i'll probably get to it in like three years you know realistically love knowing myself probably three years um, i'll watch it yeah i loved it but also i've heard a lot of people in my in their 20s like it more than the people in their 30s um and then i've also heard people who were not familiar with the broadway show like a lot more people than who were but i had a great time it was a fun movie if you just go in for positive vibes you'll have fun um great music world born world burn has been on rotation for me as has revenge party um but uh mean girls is such an interesting like turning point for you because i have to assume that's like when you were in your middle school era that's when people were being mean because that was like 2004 right so um um yeah i guess so yeah uh so also one quick tangent did you ever watch agent cody banks no i didn't i'm familiar but no i did not I feel like that would have been a movie you would have loved. Anyways, um, then... <laughs> I mean, there's so much out there though. Like as I as we pointed out, there were so many different things. By the way, just so you could, I'm gonna just name drop a few things. Actually, no, I won't do this now. But at some point, I will name drop like a few things from my. Um, I have I don't really use Facebook now. But like from my Facebook history of shows, from your life, there's a lot yeah. of stuff. There's a lot of stuff yeah. there too. Yeah, from well, from like my literally, there's a tab that's like more, and then it's like TV shows, movies. There's a lot of stuff there that I've like liked or said that I liked that I'm like, did I really like that? But I mean, I'm seeing like Fresh Prince of Bel Air on there. Um, I. Again, at some point, I was watching like Married with Children in syndication. With but that was Al like a Bundy. more adult yeah. show. Yes, I was into that yeah. probably around like middle school, high school. Degrassi was in there at one some point. Did you ever um? Have you ever heard Mama's Mama? I, wait, what? <laughs> wait, hold on. Let me let me ask you. Have you ever heard of Mama's Family? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Let me look at it. The, look, it up. look it up. Oh my god, with Vicky it's Lawrence. A, it's a very country show. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a nineteen eighties show. You were watching, you were up on this? Yes, in syndication. I'm telling you, I was so adult for my age. Well, no, so, so in so Brazil, mature. Nick at night would have like <laughs> the original Get Smart and Bewitch series. And then also like randomly Keenan and Kel with all these 60 shows. <laughs> like it was like Keenan and Kel yeah. and all these 60 shows was Nick at Night in Brazil. And I was like, I, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Hey, I'm down for it. Um, and yeah, I think that's like some of it. That's some of it. But yeah, I could keep going. Were you going. a Nick and Night kid? Is that why these shows popped up? 
what well nick and knight had different eras of course so yeah i was at different points um but i do really feel like i transitioned into so for me there were certain like big transitions in terms of my love of tv and around 2000 2001 so i'm nine or ten years old really i was like eight or nine truly when i became a pro wrestling fan which is something yeah, that obviously you get has stuck and influenced my life I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, and then reality TV was also like a similarly yeah. timed thing that came up around that same time. And then I shifted away from a lot of other stuff. But with pro wrestling, like for me, I was like actually a lot of people, a lot of kids at the time, I was introduced to pro wrestling through the video games. Like there were, there were all sorts of wrestling video games that came out in the late 90s. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I remember flipping through the channels and being like, oh, wait, there's a show for this. And I didn't, I was so young. I didn't even like fully, I like my brain had a hard time comprehending where to like watch things at the right time because we had like you had the TV guide channel and you had like the TV guide booklet that you might even have at home. But like, it, I just found it again. I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I just started watching it. Like, it was one thing that I just would, like, watch behind my parents' backs, too. Because I'm like, they probably wouldn't like this. But I was so into pro wrestling. And, I like, it was, it was like, probably the one of the hot times in, with pro wrestling um, ever in pro wrestling fandom. Pro wrestling was, like, kind of cool at that point. So, um, I was I was all all in on it. I was into it. And then did you go to school and talk about wrestling with other kids? Like, was it like the hot talk of the town? No, no. Well, I had one. I had like one. I had like one. I had one friend. One friend who I would talk about um, pro wrestling with at school. And I remember one time he went to like an autograph signing or a book signing for one wrestler. I don't own the physical copy of the book. But this one wrestler, Lita, who was like a women's wrestler, women's champion, all the things, like big deal. She's a Hall of Famer, like so well, world renowned, all the things. And I remember he went to this book signing and or was going and I was, he was like, Matt, like you should come with me and my family. And then I asked my mom, I was like, can I go? And she was like, no, like wrestling's trash. My mom hated wrestling at that point. Uh, especially we I worked on her I did some work on her to get her to understand like what well, she it doesn't was. watch I think right? that she was right in a lot of ways no 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 I was like the one in my family who really watched but my dad would um go on starting when I was like 12 years old or so it's like take me to different shows and events and that's something um, that we did a lot together uh, throughout my childhood, going to WWE shows and like some other independent or local wrestling shows that would have like 50 people there. But it was like amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, now you've worked on your mom to get her to understand your love of wrestling at the very least. Um, it was interesting. Like I, I think what, her perception of wrestling, I will say, was very much rooted in, like, it was it was outdated. It wasn't, like, what wrestling was at the time. And, you know, wrestling has been even through a huge evolution to this point. There were just a lot of, like, 
problematic things at the time. Mm. And I'm sure even still in wrestling, definitely more behind the scenes now than on screen. But like, just like any form of media at that time, like you had Jerry Springer as a thing at the time still you had, and it's, that's probably still on. Uh, I don't know, but you have like Howard Stern out there. Like you had that type of culture in reality TV too. And that bled into pro wrestling. But what my mom really didn't like about pro wrestling was like the late nineties when it was even more adult. Um, But I didn't even know about that. And so I kind of said to her like, the, pre- the wrestling I watch and know now is so much different than like what she perceived about mm-hmm. wrestling. And so, you know, I at least got her to like understand it and I kept going and embracing yeah. it. That's what I've been trying to do with my parents because they like with reality TV and I feel like I've had to like win them over over time. Like I feel like they like probably were like, oh, this is just an obsession that he'll get over. And I was like, look at me like years later. Nope, it's still part of my life. Like, um, but uh, so you got into wrestling first and then I know your first season was Cook Islands. Was that your first reality television experience or were you like an American Idol person? <laughs> oh my God. I wouldn't even count American Idol. I wasn't, I was an American Idol person, but I was actually, I want to say the first reality show that I truly remember watching was probably the challenge probably the, the challenge. challenge or it was the it was the real world road rules challenge on mtv which is, is, is kind of wild oh no it was not either i was not the first thing i think i saw was the challenge or it was maybe even road rules but it wasn't real real world like and okay. it definitely wasn't real world hawaii with like tech and ruthie and skinny dipping i'm very familiar mm-hmm. with that season too but uh, no it was just people competing and like melting blocks of ice their bodies oh i know exactly what you're yeah. talking about that was the first <laughs> challenge clip you stumbled upon uh that's yeah that's i think so, so then, something what, like that so then did you keep watching the challenge and then end up on Survivor? Or like, how how did you get to, like, the reality TV that we know you from, oh. like, Survivor and Big Brother? Yeah, so I uh, I also love the idea of you knowing me from reality TV. It's, like, very cool. I feel like I'm, uh, like, on the shows. Um, but, no, I was – my oldest sister started to watch um, Survivor – probably survivor cook islands and i just and you know what it was i think that timing wise she eight years older she got back from college and was living at home and then was watching survivor at that time you know or was watching like i remember watching survivor and big brother with her but then i just kept watching it so that was the first season was cook islands and i think timing wise that probably lines up with big brother seven because that's the first big brother season i saw too um and so that's just what it was it was just like my sister who was probably 22 at the time so i was probably about 14 that that math adds up like it was just being introduced to it and falling in love with it um and like getting hooked to it yeah, I believe yeah, you you're making good points about Big Brother 7 being right there. I think that sounds right to me. Um, but yeah, cuz I just listened mm. to you on a podcast talking about Yule. Um, so that's like a very very interesting season. I feel like people uh I feel like people sleep on Cook Islands, but it has a really good cast. Like I mean, five of the biggest names in Survivor history come from that season. Ozzy Yule, Parvati, 
Penner and Candace. Uh, Cowboys on that season. How can you not love problematic King Cowboy? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's like a great. Uh, uh, he, like... he. Go ahead. Ugh, not Cowboy. Not Cowboy. <laughs> not, cowboy. No, not Cowboy. The okay. better CBS yeah. reality television Cowboy. The best of them. Oh, God. Yeah, I was gonna say there are a few, and there it's some some named cowboy, others uh, just dressed identifying as, as cowboy. He is the best. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. but yeah, so like, uh, and then do you, like I'm sure you've discussed this in your years of podcasting, but what specifically like hooked you? Do you know? Do you can you even like verbalize what it was that like galvanized you to keep watching these shows? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's again, a few things. So one is all the characters, like with Cook Islands. I mean, it's not a surprise for me that I was into Cook Islands just with the diversity of characters and that drawing me in. And then the next season, Fiji was also similarly diverse. So I think that that kind of hooked me at first. But then the mechanics of the show and how it worked were just really caught me. And then there's also something like, that's like, peak puberty well you know mid puberty times so i'm like oh there's there's i'm sure something like low-key really sexy about survivor and i didn't even like realize this at the time but like that's like the that's just what it was it's just like a bunch of people running around in like bathing suits or bikinis and all the things which also i will say i feel like was like most of reality tv at that time yeah. so maybe that didn't jump out to me all that much but you know i it's just like they're think, on a like, beach at least compared to like people in a house or people like on well but, like a random but even mansion. then but i think but i think like to that point like for me the thing that really got me about yeah i guess it <laughs> just to like pause for a second at what you said like yes it it's good that they were like in a they were in appropriate places to like, it made sense that they were um, in beach where on beaches. But I, I'm saying this because like, as you are at that age, like middle school, early high school, getting to know yourself, not only are like, is like your body obviously part of that um, in like a, it just in a way of like, you're trying to understand yourself, but like your identity is. And seeing people in these real, like reality TV situations where they are, you're seeing real characters, you're getting to understand how different people live and what people are like and what dynamics are. Like for me, that was always really interesting. And I think that reality TV was this spark for me to actually be like really to get really curious about people because I was mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, like this is how people live. What? Like, and it obviously, you know, it was a not exactly a representative sample of our society, but I do think it really informed me as I just wrap my head around the world. Like it was so powerful to get to see characters like Yule and Becky and, uh, Cowboy and Flicka and the Penner and, and Parvati and Ozzy and Flicka. Did I say Flicka already? You said, said Flicka twice. Uh, shout out to her wherever she is. Are you obsessed with hey, Flicka? She deserves it. She deserves it. Uh, not in good ways, but very fascinated. And I and that's the thing. I learned a lot from like about the world and about myself just by watching these shows for better or for worse. Like ways to be, ways not to be. Um, oh my gosh, let me just tell you. Another 
set of shows that I dove into and I probably would need to rely on you to like check on the timing exactly of when they came out but like I became obsessed and I'm still obsessed with the flavor of love <sighs> I love New York rock of love of love franchise I love money charm school um uh, all that stuff I fell in love with the, those shows so like that was also around the similar time I don't know what that was about but everyone I knew was like watching a lot of those and there was a lot of mess there probably also learning about the worlds in, yeah. in certain ways through those shows the, uh, so, physical yeah. mess too pumpkin spit on New York she really did and I wonder if that was CGI I don't know I don't know but she definitely <laughs> the world did spit. May never know yeah. They might have enhanced it a little, you know? Who knows? Yeah. For television purposes, the camera sees differently than the human mm-hmm. eyes do. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, like, it's interesting that you start, like, falling in love with these these programs that are... People love to people dunk on them for being fake, quote-unquote. They're also, like, heightened melodrama with, like, people. Like, there's... Like, it's so interesting that this is, like, at a time when life starts to get more dramatic with middle school and high school, um, it's it's definitely interesting that like that's when these programs click for you. Cause like for me, like I was also early high school or late middle school when I got into reality television. So it's so fascinating. Um that yeah. uh it I, I feel like it's definitely a moment in time. Like I feel like that's that's when a lot of my friends got into it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any favorite, the, besides the ones that you mentioned, any standout like memories of watching reality television in uh, this era? Besides like Cook Islands, the Love franchise, any other like random like one-off series or like seasons of shows that you remember deeply being attached to? Hmm, that's a great question. And you know, for me, I think that I I don't know if there were certain seasons that jumped out or jump jump out in retrospect because all of it was so eye-opening and new to me like again we didn't really have social media in the same Mm -hmm. way that we do now but even then I remember being on MySpace and like the cool thing about that was that all the so that was a thing also um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, I love New York. New York, Tiffany Pollard, the one and only, the HBIC New York was always an inspiration for me. So um, I will, I'll give you that. But I don't know if there were specific seasons of things. Again, everything was sort of mind blowing. Like, I think I was just so innocent at the time that I was just, yeah. at, reality TV wasn't education for me, for sure. It wasn't like, Arthur and Power Rangers in the same way. It was not educational like that. No, I got I got that education. Arthur yeah. did really great work, but back in the day, you know, shout out to Arthur wherever he is now. I miss that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, Speaking like Arthur, I just he... Oh, go ahead. Please, please, what about Arthur? Well, no, so please, what about Arthur? Arthur loves the library and the library card. I want to ask because I feel like, uh, what is your relationship with like written media? Like, are you a big reader? Are you were you a big book kid? Um, you have a bookshelf behind you that's I was very not, sexy. 
I've read those books. I have read those books. And I know now I'm more of like an audible books person than anything, just like listening to books and taking them in that way most for the most part. But um, especially when it's the authors reading them, I was not a huge reader as a kid. Like you were, we were just assigned all sorts of reading. There'd be like reading contests. I would read for that, but it never was like that. I was never that excited by it there were certain series i'm sure that i um read but like there was a spy series of i want to call it like alex rider maybe that was in my i remember phase, alex rider oh my god point break on the mountain, I, on the ski mountain. I barely remember it though i barely remember it and had a movie. I, I i really i wasn't a huge book person i think because there was just so much assigned reading that like for me that was like often that was often like check like okay catcher in the rye got it bam did it um you know and i i i think i found myself like enjoying a lot of the things that i was assigned to read in school but um yeah i wasn't a huge huge um bookworm as a child and you know what part, part, let me tell you something felipe part of that was that i was um I remember one time I lost a library book after going to the library and I was afraid to go back. Show your face. I was like, I, yeah, I thought I was like, how much are they going to charge me for never returning this book? And I never got charged. So got away with murder there. Yeah. And, but I'm I still haven't been back charged, to that library. But... No, I haven't the been back to that library. <laughs> you got to try a library again. You I gotta, think you gotta I, do I think... some exposure therapy. They did shut, yeah. I no, I love libraries. I have a library card now. I love going to them uh, nowadays here. In Do you DC, follow Michael on no. TikTok? Michael, no, the library I guy. Did, I don't know if we. Yeah, no, I don't. And I think you were mentioning Michael the library guy with to me, but I I do not follow him on TikTok. Brent Brent Showerman got me into Michael the library guy, um, and he he's great. He's like very pro public libraries as he should be. Um, I feel like I've. I love a good library. Um, I also feel more productive in a library. So sometimes I'll take my work to the library uh, to like do stuff there, like on their computers. But I love a library card. Um, Did you ever read the book series about the mice that were spies or no? No. I I, I was not into spies too much, Felipe. I was just into spies at the level that like all kids were at that point i swear it was a thing everyone was into them but i didn't i didn't catch the mice who were spies spy mice is the book series and there's three books um and each of them are like named after the cheese from their country so like the german cheese is like gorgonzola or the german mouse is gorgonzola the french mouse is brie Um, cancel it cancel it cancel it why I feel like this was not made by people who <laughs> were representative of these identities. And they were just going for the stereotypes of call me out, cancel me for this. But I feel like they might have just been going for the stereotypes from each country. I'm this dying. is what I'm hearing. I'm, weak. I'm not familiar, though, with the spy mice. I don't remember that. They're literally mice. Hey. I love it. Um, what about music? What, what was your music intake growing oh up? Oh, my like? gosh. My music intake. Um I, you know, still, I'm a. I mean, not sadly, but just like pop. You know, I'm a big. I pop. love pop. Don't don't be embarrassed. No, Screw I'm not. On the rooftop. I'm not embarrassed, and it's well. 
pop and then also like what's it even called what am i going like um you know at different phases you have different music you really listen to so pop i was always listening to pop r&b you get like you get like the emo music like Mm. at the good charlotte simple plan my chemical romance that was huge for me in middle school i was rocking out um hardcore i was ready to paramore yeah oh well paramore i have to say i feel like paramore was like a little bit later like high school but i love my era yeah, 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 for you, you, you youth. But I will say, there's a game that I play. I have a, like um, an Amazon like uh, not even just an Amazon Alexa, but like this Amazon Echo. I have to be careful because I don't want to trigger. She'd be it. listening. She'd be. I know. Be I think I just said it, and then it lit up. But I there's this game called Song Quiz on there that I'll play from time to time, and it'll ask you what category you want to, and I'll say like. 2000s whatever and i could get every single song like no joke i don't play i because i because i was so immersed and i was like an mtv trl total request total request live girly back when it was um carson daly still on there and i would watch that getting home from school it is really interesting how like with so many shows it's either okay i was watching it before school getting ready for school in the morning or whatever or i was watching it right after school and then there's like late night and all that stuff whatever but um yeah i would watch trl and just like consume whatever pop media that the system was trying to throw at me i was also in the day I did, I did, I did with the challenge and all. I will also say I, um, now that I think about it, and I, I don't know if I should say this legally, um, but hopefully I don't get, you could cut, you could edit this out if I get uh, arrested, but um, Napster. I think it'll be too late by that. <laughs> Napster and LimeWire. I was all over those downloading. All, I mean, I was like not eight or nine. I didn't know what I was doing, but. I was downloading all sorts of free music. And then I was paying for music on iTunes for 99 cents each. For I I, I'm sure too. I'm sure I spent hundreds of dollars on songs. And I hope I still own them somewhere. I, I hope you do too. No, but I feel like that was like I didn't I wasn't a big Napster LimeWire person, but I was a big like bootleg watch when I was getting in Survivor. I used this like sketchy website probably called Tube Plus. Um oh. like that like oh. had all these like ads that probably get my computer viruses yeah mm-hmm. but like that's how i got into survivor that's how i watched old seasons um <laughs> yeah but yeah it was like the napster of our generation oh god you know what though like it was i'm telling you felipe like at my big age i was so look we had so many changes in technology like i remember being in kindergarten and sitting in front of a big computer that probably weighed about 150 pounds and it rather than our little laptops that we have and i remember sitting in front of mavis beacon teaching me typing and i would learn from her how to learn to type and then oh my God, social media was invented. about that later i remember when social media wasn't was invented i remember i don't know most people don't know zenga most people don't know all sorts of things so i am yeah, like yeah, it's it was like a lot. There was a lot of different uh, things out there. But I'm just saying, like, it does. I feel so lucky being this age and where 
we are general general generationally because we were able to see things like before smartphones before ipods before ipads and yet we're still able to be part of that evolution and i don't know how to use tiktok quite yet but um i i don't think i'm too old to figure it out so you mentioned that you were like um you loved that you grew up in a time where we didn't have smartphones to where we are now that like we had to like kind of fend for ourselves in the early days of the <laughs> internet with like the iPads and the MySpace. The, did you ever have an iPod touch? Uh, and I, I just know the normal, I, uh, the normal iPod. Uh, no, I don't think I had an iPod touch. I had, I had it was a basically little... an iPhone without the phone. <laughs> okay. The iPhone. Yeah, no, I had, I definitely had one of those. I don't even know why I just think of it as an iPod, but yeah, I had one of those. Actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere. I know I have mine. It just doesn't work because I was a dumb dumb and forgot to take it out of my pants one time and it went in the wash. Well, I was going to say most, I feel like a lot of the technology like that just like doesn't work because it's, it wasn't Old. made to work for 20 plus years or whatever. It might yeah. Be. But, um, like, do you like the fact that you grew up in this? T- I mean, it's the only life you have, so I'm sure you have to, like, make the best of it, regardless if you actually like it or not. But, like, the fact that you got to, like, experience, like, a little bit of life that in a little bit more analog versus the digital. Like, I love the fact mm-hmm. that I know how to tape something on a VCR if, for whatever reason that ever is a skill that is required. Um, because that's how I used to record episodes of Jimmy Neutron. We didn't have um, Paramount Plus that would drop it at midnight the next no. day at the time yeah no exactly i mean i you know yes it is the life that i've lived so like i only know this life but i'll also say that i think that what i the power of like experiencing uh analog and digital experiencing putting in tapes and recording on VCRs or even just like the frustration of going from like a, like from a, from a VHS to a DVD. And then they tried to make Blu-ray a thing. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You know, like it was, it, it was a learning experience. It helps you appreciate the different media, like, I know that we only really experienced the tail end of VHS, but like that was still, I think, interesting for us to understand and have like some, some of the nostalgia of moments where like here and there when the like VHS might break and then like the, like the wound up film inside of it would mess up and then you just don't have a movie anymore or like having a DVD and it gets scratched and then it just messes up things or whatever it might be. Like that's something I always will appreciate just to appreciate how good things are now, how seamless things are now. Like we could literally watch anything right now. We don't even need to stop and like look up when it's airing. We could just watch it now or we could watch clips of it now. Like it's not that hard and it helps you appreciate those things because those were our biggest struggles at one point in our lives. Like how could I watch wrestling if I don't even know when it's on and then I watch it when it's on and I'm like, crap, 
like okay now i have to wait until the next week to watch it i can't even watch youtube because that didn't exist yeah um so i i mean it just the appreciation for what we have i think is like the best gift that um that our generation and our age range has gotten with all this um because it wasn't always this easy people and i think that actually is a part of the reason of the media that shaped me is that you had what you had and that's why i watched so many nickelodeon and disney channel and cartoon network shows on weekends because like we didn't have other stuff and like i watched stuff that i wasn't the biggest fan of like i watched a lot of edit and eddie and i liked it enough but it wasn't like my jam like if i would could have watched teen titans on loop or spongebob on loop i would much rather done that but like mm-hmm. it's the familiarity that I have with like the whole era of that Nickelodeon Disney Channel Cartoon Network for me, and you probably have the same thing with your version of it, um, of whatever well, like Rugrats, Hey Arnold's, whatever was airing oh, at the time. We didn't even talk about that. Oh my god, I was a Rugrats and Hey Arnold's. Who fan. was your favorite like, Rugrat? Rugrat. Oh, easy, Tommy. Tommy. I was Why gonna say. You- you I guess thought you that. were going to say Angelica Pickles because she is the moment, but no, she was nasty. She, she was, was nasty. nasty. Cynthia gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> In retrospect, more than anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Cynthia's cute. She's cute. Um, <laughs> the doll, I have by some the way. Friends that are, yeah. I, I, uh, I have two people that I know and they give me such Phil and Lil vibes. The way they talk to each other, they're like close. <laughs> uh I'm are they like, twins oh. no they're not even related wow they're just That's really close big... and really good friends and they like were yelling at each other in the break room one time and i was like you're such villain little no i was always a i was i mean i was a big tommy fan i resonate with arnold a lot and hey arnold did you see the which, new paramount the plus way... commercial with arnold and jeff probst I definitely saw a commercial with it's Jeff a Paramount I mean, Mountain one with John Paramount Mountain exactly yeah. yeah I've seen like all and these they throw Hey Arnold up to the mountain I don't like they, this that's so I don't like wrong. it either they're like football head we're gonna throw character. you like a football <laughs> that's actually bullying and that's not okay Jeff and Probst Jeff was Probst a bully in that apologize. moment apologize. Yeah. And in others too, but like when Austin uh, decided to quit, you know, when when most quits happen, that's a whole other thing. Jeff, I was I'm like, sorry, Austin didn't. Quit. And I was like, oh wait, <laughs> I was like thinking of Austin from last season, my oh, king. No, no, your king did not quit. Um, but no, I mean, it's like it's it's fascinating because to your point about like the time, our point about really the timing of things. Like, I think part of the reason why we have so many different shows we've been exposed to it's just because you really had to watch what was on and you could flip through the channels and you could get to like the wb and the cartoon network and nickelodeon and disney and you at any point in time you know you had like let's say those four options of what to watch because or if you know with me like mtv vh1 like bet like all these other things where you only had options that were in front of you and so that just widened our horizon of things now like i think of my my five-year-old nephew and um he watches everything on like youtube basically or youtube tv where 
or even like if there are other ways of watching, like everything is streaming, everything's a choice. And I would bet if you have this conversation with him in 30 years, that he's not going to have the same like diversity and range of shows as us. That's just my guess because there are our faves, but the thing is we also had to be exposed to shows exactly. that weren't only our faves. Not to sound like such a boomer, but like, but no, I you guess make a it good comes point. from a, yeah. What was that show you mentioned earlier? The one the from the eighties. Oh, Mama's Family. Yeah, you wouldn't have watched <laughs> that, and if you were growing up now. No, or like, or even like Married with Children, I wouldn't have yeah. watched. Like, Saved by the Bell, I wouldn't have watched because you get what you get and you don't get upset. Was very much how we had to live. It was, but it was also really fulfilling because, you know, we found love for these shows, yeah. even if we didn't know that we initially loved them like it that's that's one thing i really appreciate about the media that made me because i just feel like it's um there's so much that you could appreciate and enjoy and it's to the point where it does make it a little tough to sort through what am i like a huge fan of what am i kind of fan of but at the end of the day it doesn't even matter because all of it it influences us and all of it kind of contributed to how we saw the world at the time and probably contributes to how we see the world now. Indeed. Indeed. Um, it's so interesting that you say like that um, because I have really recently come to appreciate the fact that no one is going to watch the same exact number of shows that I have same exact episodes. And like, I, like everyone's experience with media is going to be uniquely theirs. Uh, like there's things that you've seen that I will never watch. There's things mm -hmm. that I've seen that you will never watch. And like, even though we're very good friends and our interests overlap a ton, like my experience with the media I've consumed is so personal. And it's so interesting that you said that um, as I was like literally thinking about that earlier this week and being like, it's so weird that like you can have someone who has like 98% of the same taste as you, but there's still going to be things that they've never seen that you love. Um mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah but, i'm with i know i just i think that's a solid point there's not really much to say to that but uh yeah i mean that's life like we are it is life. <laughs> we I, I mean i think that's also something that not to be well i guess this is already going to like a kind of deep philosophical place but you know this is like the beauty of it like we don't need to be the same to get a, yeah. along because i would even i would even say that between the stuff that we've watched and really resonated with like the percentage might be pretty low and yet in terms of like the number of shows or properties or franchises and yet we could still bond over those things like even if yeah. we only watch like 10 percent of the same things which would be shocking but mainly because like you watch so much tv like that i'm sure i don't watch and you've watched yeah. so much that i'm sure i haven't watched that like yeah we could be different and, and get along it, it's also like so i kind of want to push this Please. into like intersectional identities but like it's uh -huh. also kind of learning about who you are like for me i've probably watched more latino content than you have and you've probably watched more black content than i have but like i still have appreciation for every type of content because for me like I often growing up use television as a way to learn about different people. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, what is your experience with like black media and then also with queer media? And then if there's intersectional examples that you love, uh, I would love to like explore identity topics at this point in time in the media that 
shaped your identity. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's really tough when I think back about the representation. Like my mind immediately with Black Media, like because I, I just mentioned it earlier, but it went to like the Of Love franchises, which I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> I thought you were not... going to say Bill Cosby, and I was like, that's also problematic. Well, actually, the Cosby show was definitely like one of the things I remember watching growing up. I mentioned Little Bill, um, like the childhood version of that. I loved... Um, there was, um, I, I think, like, it. I definitely didn't watch Fat Albert. Um, I don't think I really did. I but saw there the was, movie. I there was some. It. No, not like you. You mean with Keenan Thompson? Yeah, I right? saw that movie. We watched it in like third grade recess when it was raining one time. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. There were there were a lot of shows out there, but I think that beyond like the pockets that we had because even on like when i just looked at my facebook i'm like oh matt you used to watch like the parkers which had monique in it and like there's so many shows that had black representation in pockets like they weren't the award-winning shows or anything like that but i guess that as i became a reality tv person for mainstream reality TV, like that's where I really started to feel the lack of representation in particular, because sure, like BET could exist and, you know, we could get that black content through black entertainment television. Amazing. But why can't I be represented on, on Survivor? Why can't I be represented on Big Brother? Why can't I be represented on you know, the challenge, why can't I be represented? Like, that's the thing that I always thought was interesting was looking at these reality shows and you would have, believe it or not, like one queer person on so many seasons, if any, you know, and they would usually be like voted out or eliminated first because whatever. I don't believe there's all. ever been an openly bisexual man on American Survivor. Is that true? I think that's true. I know that Turner was there for Big Brother. What do you mean? Year. How's that true? I don't think there has ever been, at least like, it, well, well, at the time of the show being on, there's no. being on. Well, uh, yeah, Ozzy, I guess after F. But yeah, um, I think that's shocking. And that's just to the point, like, we haven't had that representation so often. So for me, you know, when I think about queer identities, I'm still there are a lot more shows that represent us, but then it's still the story of like tragedy and trauma at times. And I think of so many shows that come to mind, like one show that I really do enjoy that I talk about that doesn't really represent me, but does speak a lot to my experiences, like going to an all boys school in high school and like being queer was it's Heartstopper. I was, a, I was literally Leader like cover, writing down. I was like, is it Heartstopper? <laughs> which me and Grace Leader cover, but then like that is also not representing all of my identities. And I, I do talk about how I wish that Heartstopper would. I mean, uh, I think it's a good, it's great for what it is. It's great for what it is. It's, but if it were an American show, like I would just hope that that version would have more people of color and storylines that dive into it. And they do have people of color on the show. I also just wish the stories would dive into their stories more. Um, 
but I don't expect that to come from the show, which the is... The show is a little too saccharine for me to, like, absolutely... Yeah. like. I l- really enjoy the show. I really love it. I, like, cried multiple times watching it, but it's a little sure. so saccharine that I feel like it's not relative, rel- relatable for me all the mm. time because it's, mm-hmm. like, a little too sweet and innocent, and I feel like not yeah. gritty enough. But, like, that's also the point of the show, and I hope that it allows uh-huh. for forward momentum for more shows of its kind to be able to push a little deeper. Um, yeah. And I, I would also say that I think that the show is a good, like it provides a good place of conversation for people who are a bit older to yeah. reflect on our experiences and how they compare. Like, wow, I wish I had that. I wish that I would have known to speak up against homophobia in that way you know but but it hopefully influences the next generation exactly like what it's for and I, i'm I glad that there are kids who are in my position even though i'm an adult now and can't appreciate it, i hope there are kids that need this that see it that mm-hmm. like feel representative of what their experiences are totally and 100%. i like i will keep watching the show and keep writing for the show and keep like highlighting the show because it's so important like Nick Nelson is one of the first bi men that I've ever seen on television. And Ugh. I will always be appreciative of that, even though it took yeah. until I was 24 until I saw it. it yeah, I was going to say, it's been a minute. But, you know, I would also say that there are a lot of great shows in pockets. There's a lot of great representation in pockets. Unfortunately, um, we do also see a lot of these different shows and series canceled or voices canceled by networks you know especially like on, like on the there's so many like as I say, on the scripted side but also unscripted and um it's rough it's rough like it is kind of sad to still be really wanting and looking for that full-on representation which is why i think it's so beautiful when you have a season of reality tv where like Jam Jam could be on Survivor and shining and like representing in so many ways or where we could have like the first all queer, all openly queer tribe um, on Survivor with Carolyn and Jam Jam and Josh and like have one of, have a season um, just like that, that same season I believe was like the most queer people on a season most openly queer people on a season of survivor so you know it we're still fighting for the representation i think part of it too that is so abundantly clear is that there are so many examples that just aren't representative of our communities and intersectional identities that it shows that there are a lot of people who still don't get it and we need them to get it to understand Mm -hmm. not because every story needs to have me in it or people like me in it and represent me but just because it's really sad that the so many of those that win awards and okay i get it rupaul's won uh the emmys like every single year for the past like seven years or whatever it is you know great love love you ru but like we need to do more and do better and i think that hollywood needs to you know be confronted with the lacks of diversity and representation rather than like maybe looking at something like drag race and being like but rupaul did it like what we're not racist or homophobic i have such complicated feelings on like 
Rue winning the Emmy because I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, absolutely. Rue deserves for like being the trailblazer that RuPaul is having queer, queer people of color on and behind cameras is so important. But it's also like Survivor is the better show. (laughs) Well, okay. I won't even say all that, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think it's a little strange to give the award to the same person all the time so yeah there we go hopefully if survivor 45 loses next year i'm gonna be so proud i'm gonna be so sad i, I and i'm gonna be crying but <laughs> yeah no i, I said uh, i'm so crying i'm like what is that supposed to be? so much crying you'll be so much crying <laughs> it's that emoji with the the tears streaming down your face yeah a lot of cries and you know yeah. honestly it's like we uh, it is cool though isn't it awesome like yeah. that reality well, tv can give us some of that representation and then we could go deeper with these characters because they're real people and be like oh wow you're even cooler than the show felt comfortable representing for sure. and also like at least with scripted a lot of the times that you see representation has to be backed by a white person in power like mm. i was a big gleek right i'm, I'm gonna yeah. own my toxic trait I'm, I'm a huge gleek i have very complicated feelings on ryan murphy and uh-huh. i no, I can recognize that the reason that we got so much good representation on Glee was because he pushed for it as a white ally. But I also think he's but... <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah. were you a Gleek, Matt? No, 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 I wasn't. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it from the bottom of my heart. But if you're gonna watch it, watch seasons one to three. The other seasons don't matter, and uh, you get to know the mm. best character on television, Santana Lopez. No, I think I'm probably good, though, because, one, I think that the thing that would throw me off about the show and watching it now, and I've seen episodes, obviously, and obviously I've seen even more clips of songs and performances, and have even heard more clips of the performances of songs, that I think it would throw me off that so many of the songs, well, all of the songs, I guess, are dated at this point. But, I mean, they're still amazing, I'm sure. But you know what? There's, like, too much really great tv to catch up on uh no offense i know oh no i'm gonna get canceled i'm gonna get yelled at i don't want to get yelled at but don't cancel matt scott if you're gonna cancel matt scott his twitter is at chappelle's underscore show yes that's exactly my twitter no i'm just like even thinking of like um matt Lagori and folks who like love glee and talk about it and i'm like and i'm on and i like i get it i get it um, I'm I'm thinking of like the choir room podcast, by the way. I know <laughs> when it comes to Glee, I just have to shout it out. But um, the yeah, I mean not not for me. There's so much out there, and that's like another thing. Like again, we're we're in a streaming world. There's so much to catch up on. I haven't even watched like all of Abbott Elementary. I'm pretty. <sighs> I'm like I watched like a, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good on it. I'm like I've watched maybe half of all of Abbott Elementary at this point. But then, like, looking at that, I'm like, okay, let me catch up on that. Like, could we just shut down? N- never mind. I don't want to ask for another strike or anything like that. But I was about to say, do we just shut down all TV releases so that I could catch up over the next five years and then keep going? Like, What you're saying is you want more shows to not get to not get renewed but it's going to be the people of color shows that get axed when you say that watch what you oh wish no for. i i didn't say it's that. very monkey's paw you said that you said that and we're gonna have words I, in your mouth. those are the shows that i want to keep around mostly. yeah but even uh, then i'm like i can't catch up so 
I got one more topic in my little notes. Oh, uh, no, not only one more. Well, I, I do believe you have a time crunch. Look, I could just look, we could keep going. Like, if okay. you have two more well, topics, I, I can topics. I can talk about more. I just like had was one more that I was like, okay, this is a must hit. Um, you mentioned it, but like, you do a lot of journalism and documentary filmmaking and interviewing of like people in the climate change space in uh, regards to people of color in these spaces. Like, yeah. uh, were you always someone who was like involved no. in these circles? Like, how did you get involved <laughs> with that? That's like, media connected but like yeah what led you to this 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 realm of your life oh my gosh it's such a long conversation but i'll go there so no i haven't always been a climate person and that's part of my story and i i uh i do share this very often like it is kind of funny i'll say as a side note some people say to me like matt scott like you are on pod friends interviewing people this is like within the you know, within these communities. And they'll, they'll say to me, someone needs to interview you. And I'm like, well, well, that's what we're doing here. I I know. And I'm like, this is great. Like, but I have been interviewed by people, not only like in this, in in this world, actually, I don't even know if I really have been in this world interviewed as much, but like outside of it in, in the climate world I have, or as it relates to my story. So I'll share. So I, you know, where do I start? Um, I've, I guess there's a lot that you kind of heard about the media that's made me to who I am. And I talked about Captain Planet and Power Rangers and X-Men and all those things. But I think a lot of that contributed to me being someone who's always passionate about social justice. My parents absolutely contributed to that. And, you know, I, going into college, graduating from college, um, you know, I, I had a degree in business focused in marketing, and I really wanted to use it to focus on social issues. Like, I always knew I wanted to use my power to do something about social issues. And I, like, 2016 to 2020 especially, um, I found myself working in on so many projects in so many spaces where I was, like, in the rooms with so many of, like, the people who we look to to change systems and change our world like i was doing work with a lot of work with nasa i was doing work at one point with the obama white house with the um with like these smaller projects that i wasn't super involved in but like with nike with walmart with like the u.s agency for international development the australian government like there were all of these other folks And I found time and time again that I was often like the only one of me in the room. And I found that the representation wasn't there and that it could also be like a really lonely, isolating place uh, because a lot of us don't see ourselves represented. You just see a lot of like older white people, mostly older white men who are represented. And so, you know, I, I, um, in 2017, started to interview people and it you know the long the short of the long and short of it is like part of me was wanting to provide the representation that i knew i needed and that others needed to see this was after trump's election a lot of people felt really powerless so i really want to highlight stories of people who are making a positive difference um but you know what actually drove me into interviewing in particular was when my dad passed away in 2017 because he was he had just this incredible 
life story, this incredible piece of Black history, tying with Black History Month. And I found, like, as he passed away, I'm like, stories like his often don't get told. He grew up in this place called Prince Edward County, Virginia, where, like, long story short, like, due to segregation, they closed the public schools to Black students, primarily. Um, And what that led to is a lot of people struggling um, and not finishing their education. My dad was not only lucky, but moved away from home, had a great story, was able to like really make an impact in the world and be a hero of mine. But that those stories weren't told. And um, I really felt like, wow, like if I could be out here getting people to share their stories, like that's actually going to make a difference because everyone's story has power. So that flashes forward to what I do now in the climate world. I, I'd been interviewing tons of people, dozens and dozens of people for years through a project I had called like 180 degrees of impact at first. And then I called it let's care. Um, and then I just said, let me focus on climate because climate stuff relates to like everything, like everything ties in with climate change. Every industry relates to climate change in some kind of way. And so I said, okay, let me highlight like voices that often go unheard stories that often go unheard in climate. And that's what led to what I do now. Um, And, you know, it's much needed because representation is a huge problem when it comes to climate. And a lot of people of black and brown people, people of color, indigenous people, black people like don't have our, voices and stories told but no hey you're doing important work and first of all thank you for sharing uh, a little bit more about your dad's life because i know you've you talk about him a lot and i know pieces of his story but i didn't know that one and i appreciate you sharing that and like giving giving love to your dad and telling his story um yeah and also like it's kind of like the work that you're doing with pod friends like you're giving these people, the platform to share their story and hear mm-hmm. and be able to find, reach individuals that might not have otherwise identified with this. Like, um, again, we go back to the Mike Bloom interview, but like that was so resonant to a lot of people for a reason because like a lot of people struggle with anxiety, depression, myself included. And just like yeah. when that episode came out, I remember listening to it and then I messaged Mike and I was like, thank you so much for like being mm-hmm. vulnerable because it's scary and it's hard, but like it matters to people to see that we're not alone. And that's representation matters in mental health spaces too. Yeah. 100%. And that's how like, I'm loving that you like every, like you have always a diverse roster of guests every season so that like you uh, have people, what, what are you going to say? Matt? I was, was going to say, I, I, I do my best. And, you know, honestly, if I'll, I'll be completely real about it, like um, I, uh it would be even more diverse it would be even more diverse um if i could make it more diverse and that's i'll just say that no and that's i just appreciate the diversity in the guests that you pick because it's like okay well i might not have a lot in common i'm just going to use the latest example and that's actually a bad example for me because i have a lot in common with owen but like like if (laughs) like an episode with owen Uh like you could find some random white lady in norway who might have a lot of the same story that Owen has. For She's her. listening. She's she listening. is listening. Yeah, let's, that's, call, that's, let's call her Helga. Way, Helga. I'll say, I'll say yeah, like, yes, there is so much diversity in the stories and ways that we don't always appreciate. But there's also commonality. Like, and commonality. Like, I do, I will say, like, these podcasting spaces, um, they, they were 
so white for so long and I, you know, but even like, so, so part of what I'm saying is like from a race perspective, um, you know, I want more people to be represented in these spaces, not only for the sake of the content that we make, but because then like, I just want more badass people and stories who I'm allowed to feature on like on pod friends and on my, you know, in the platforms that I have, but you know, at the same time, there is a lot of diversity when it comes to just like so many different things in people's stories. And I think one thing that pod friends has really helped me appreciate is like, just, or just reminded me of, I should say is the levels, levels of diversity where like I have a pod friends, I have a couple of, interesting pod friends episodes coming out one with the one and only jacob jones which is a very different conversation um and i please subscribe to pod friends i know we're not doing plugs yet but subscribe to pod friends rob is website.com slash pod friends feed wherever you get your podcasts but um jacob jones is a very different conversation oh, wild man. My- i'm so excited well it- it's very fascinating because we talk about that and it's a very different conversation than my interview that I also just did. I just did um, one with Jacob and one with uh, Franny Marin from Survivor 44. Um, and very different conversations, very different me showing up on them, very different um, energies to them. And I just love that, you know, people never cease to surprise me with like how they show up on the Pod Friends podcast. Um, but also- Jacob, Jacob's episode, I will say, is next. Le- you'll be like Matt. Okay. You're wild. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> no, but uh, like just to go back to my example of Helga Please. from Norway, like she can find Helga. commonalities. And I'm just making this character, but she can find commonalities between all three of these people that we mentioned: Owen, Jacob, and Franny. And that is regardless of their backgrounds and their lives, but there will be something that she can connect to. That's like as a Latino bisexual man connecting with like Mike Bloom, a straight white man. But like we have our shared experiences with anxiety and depression and like our reality TV fandom. And there's like so much. And I feel like that's something that at least I've always appreciated about these reality TV spaces, both like on the shows and off. Um, like I, I will always go back to the early days of reality television with Richard and Rudy and Kent and Bunky and like certain men came into these experiences with like prejudices and like fear yeah. of gay. And then they come out of these experiences, having a newfound respect for the individual mm-hmm. and being like, Oh, gay people are just people. I don't know. It's like, they get to know them because of these forced environments. And I feel like the accessibility that you have with pod friends and that like the internet community has, I feel like is creating a more kinder world at the same time, also showing that there are people that are Looney tunes that (laughs) are hateful and vile and horrible and they're still out there and we have to deal with them. But yeah, it also like allows accessibility for us to understand who we are in our identities better. And I think pod friends is I maintain one of the best things that RHGP has ever put out there. And I hope you are proud of what you have created. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm so bad at that at times. Well, I'm proud of you for you then. Well, no, (laughs) well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to just say, thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. And it is, I'm, I am so thankful to know how meaningful pod friends has been to people 
um, Pod Friends in particular, but then I also think of The Pride Has Spoken Again, and how many serious people. Shout out to and, Grace and Evie also. Yes, shout out to them. And I would also say I'm so proud of even what I got to do a few years ago on RHAP Black Voices, Black Voices. of RHAP. And, and so, hope- you know, I know I've, oh, I feel like I've told you this privately, but you I'm inspired sure. me to then go do the Latino voices of RHP. And I think it was probably, um, I'm blanking on who fully, but I wouldn't say it was Kevin. Kevin and Sasha, Kevin maybe? For Kevin and Sasha. I don't know if there's someone else with them, but it, I want I to say it was maybe just it was Kevin and Sasha. Yeah, they did like an audio only podcast with Asian voices where I was already thinking about doing something around Black representation. And they, they did their podcast, which was audio only. And then I'm like, uh let's do this like multiple panels like all the black podcasters who we could possibly get on and even had like video messages from people and so i i mentioned that because this what you're saying to me is something i've heard a lot from people that you know everyone has their strengths and their place and what they do and i'm just always i think will take solace and especially with time i think i'll appreciate how meaningful like any of those podcasts could be to someone like i met some people when we were in new orleans recently for a live event um i met i met two two moms who they were talking to me and um beth dixon actually also on rhp about just what our voices mean on the network but they were specifically saying to me like oh i've been listening to the pride has spoken podcast and have been share you know have been learning about like queer experiences or and you know we were they were like diving into that and um and then beth also had like a pod friends episode about like being ace and aromantic and things like that And, and so this one mom who was saying there was telling us about like listening to those and mentioned like that she was so thankful to that because recently she found that her kid was trans and that that helped her better understand and better support and all of that. And then the other mom who's staying right next to her is like, Oh my God, I didn't know you have a trans kid. I also have a trans kid. And it was like this moment where it's like, this is what I care about doing this is why i'm here like sure take the laughs take the joy joy is very important but also just like if i could help people's lives be a little bit better through like the podcasting and the media that i'm making then like awesome i'm so thankful for that you know to continue giving you your flowers and also like i'll highlight mike again and latanya like in certain individuals that like are really good at balancing like Everything that you need when you're Shannon Gus is another one who I think is mm-hmm. tremendous I at this. Like, um, like I listen to you all and I can uproariously laugh, but <laughs> also like empathize with your stories because I feel like there's commonality and you're vulnerable enough that you're willing to share this with the listeners. And like it's it, it's showing that you're a three-dimensional human that like deals with all this and it's not like you're you like are willing to go to places that are sometimes not as fun to talk about, but are important yeah. to hear in these podcasts, like talking about anxiety and depression and your experiences as queer people, minorities. Um, but then also like having a goobery time making cum jokes <laughs> or whatever you do. Like uh, that's not you. That's a Mike Bloom. That's specifically Mike Bloom. 
that's i appreciate that mike bloom i think mike's him. hilarious but like like you like that was i don't know i like when in doubt make a cum joke is off, kind of off like podcast guys, usually but, um, yeah but like you you can make us laugh you can make us cry you can make us feel you can make us happy and like yeah. it, you are the types of voices that i most appreciate especially when i'm struggling um because there's like it's it's such a it's not even a talent it's just like who you are as individuals that like allow you to be so talented and i just want to give all these people that i listed and like many more that i can't even think of right now like you know when your mind goes blank it's like Uh one of those moments but like just like i I hope you appreciate how much (laughs) you all matter to people like me and to helga in norway if there is a helga in norway listening to this please tweet at us i would love to meet you you can have a special media made me episode about you well let me just say this actually let me actually go off script. There's not a script. A script let me man. go. Let me go off, like off, whatever, off something. You know when your mind just goes blank, Felipe. <laughs> you know what, what I just happened? said. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let me go off script for a second because if you are listening to this podcast right now and listening to the sound of our voices, an hour and a half in, like you, thank you. Like, thank you so much genuinely for caring about anything that we have to say. It means the world, but it means the world, especially in a world where queer people, where people of color continue to be marginalized, increasingly, even in many ways, like face legislation that's trying to push us out of existence, that face lots of just hate and dark, dark shit. And so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because I appreciate you, you, the listener, so much. And I really want to invite you, like, yes, you, you, like literally you, if you are you, I'm going to say a number number of more times, you, 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 like literally if you're hearing this, I'm actually talking to you. Please reach out to us. Yeah. Send us tweet us of course you could tweet us using a hashtag i did this once before like multiple years ago and i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give a hashtag can i give a hashtag yeah absolutely i love doing the hashtag i feel like people don't do hashtags enough anymore uh but it was a very core part of early rhap was doing or like early mid rhap like around san juan del sur they would do a hashtag at the end of the episode so let's bring it back matt well we're bringing it back to the brazilian dragon podcast hashtag bigger than the game this is bigger than the games that we love to watch this is bigger than the shows that we love to watch hashtag bigger than the game use that hashtag tweet us you could find me on all the platforms at matt scotchy w all the things but i just want to say like let us know that you're here because like we're in this together like we your voice like matters musical, we're all in this together. we are literally all in this together so i'm so appreciative i'm so appreciative but just and i'm appreciative you of you happy. matt yes 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 so um that i don't know is there anything else you have to say about hashtags um hashtag <laughs> bigger than the game uh and i i love that uh so I, I'm just really thankful for this conversation that we've been having, right? And mm-hmm. I love that that last question kind of turned into like the power of storytelling because that's something mm. that you're very good at and like not to steal from pod friends, but if this was like, I feel like that could be the title of your episode, the power of storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
you're just you're just an incredible voice in our community. You always champion all um, all types of storytelling and diversity. And so, yeah, I'm just grateful that we have your voice and that you're a part me of uh, me this. Me too. And, yes, be me grateful too. for your own voice, Matt. No, no, I'm just grateful that I'm able to use my voice yes. and to be hear and be heard and like be understood but also help others be heard and seen and understood you know and it means the world and it matters right so um hopefully there's uh, actually not even hopefully i know that i'll always find more and more opportunities to do that whatever that looks like but i'm just thankful for anyone who's willing to sit and listen to my voice genuinely um i don't take that for granted because there are a lot there are a lot of people that 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 won't there are a lot of people that won't. I will. I sign up. Yeah. There are a lot of people also who will, and I am so grateful for them. Um, yeah. And they mean the world. You mean the world, Felipe. Oh, my um, God. Thank you. You, you mean do. the world, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we mean the world. We are the other, world. We are the world. <laughs> uh, what other media has shaped you that we have yet to discuss well okay else. i just want i feel like we need to talk about pro wrestling more go back yeah let's let's go back and i just wrestling. need you to ask me more about pro wrestling too okay but did you ever watch the show mucha lucha no thankfully it was cartoon network show. i was aware of it though okay. i was aware of it but it was like um i was aware of it but it wasn't I was already probably too deep deep into pro wrestling by that point of like, oh, well, this is the, the I probably wasn't gatekeepy about it, but it just never was like a thought like, oh, I should watch the animated version. You never wanted to go to Luchaville? No, I never wanted to go to Luchaville. I also didn't watch Nacho Libre. A Mike White joint? I mean, you didn't watch it? I've never seen it. I, I also didn't watch the Emoji movie. I love Have White Have you Lotus, seen though. Migration? That's no. a Mike White project, the new duck movie about the ducks oh. that fly south for the winter. Oh, well, it's from damn. Illumination. Have you seen The White Lotus? Uh, have, what is that a question? Yes, I have seen it. I've okay, loved it. it. I love okay, that good. show so much. It's like a, gu a guilty pleasure of mine. I actually, believe it or not, the first episode of The White Lotus that I watched was the literally the first episode I watched, Felipe, was the season finale of season two. Matt, <laughs> and then I binged season one and season two. And, and by the way, it was so satisfying to have watched the season finale of season two and then to watch all of season two and be like, oh my gosh, I know where this is going, or oh, that didn't make sense, that makes sense now. Oh. Mike White, Mike White, you were robbed. You were robbed. Like, you were robbed. You, you should have won Survivor. He you did win won. Survivor. We just don't talk about it as a society because, for whatever reason, I don't know. Oh, he won Survivor, but he won Survivor David vs. Goliath. I don't know money. what season you watched. I I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. I I didn't remember him winning, but I also don't remember there being a winner. There were there was. A I loser. remember something about cousins wanting to fuck and someone being before that. I can't talk about that. I can't talk <laughs> about that situation. It's gross, but also... It's so I gross. Am... That man sucks. Not my yeah, point. Just I... to be clear. Just to be no, clear. Do not I have... out of context. No, there's a... There's... there's. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> I'm like moving on. I have, I have nothing to say. 
said, let's go back to cousins i'm like what no um, um but no who are your some yeah. of your favorite wrestler wrestlers besides you mentioned lita earlier Oh, yeah, I love Lita. And I also actually interviewed Lita like five years ago in person. It was like a cool full circle moment in life. But um, I have a lot. I mean, well, okay, let me say this. I don't know if this question is the best question for me because I'm also someone who has struggled with the idea of being a fan of pro wrestling. Like I've definitely considered myself, I think my whole life, a little bit more of like a critic, an analyst, a student of it than a fan at times. So I had people I enjoyed for sure. Um, and there's so many characters. There are also a lot of problematic characters within it, but now my favorite thing about pro wrestling is just the like black representation in particular. So I love my, I love Bianca Belair, black woman who also like represents even just from the perspective of having like this beautiful long braid and just being beautiful and strong. And she calls herself the EST, like the fastest, the is strongest, the toughest. She is married Damn. and she has a show. Actually, she has a show that just came out called love and WWE on Hulu. So plug for Bianca's new show with her husband Montez. Um, oh, you could take I it up with him. No, you no, take no, it no up I'm good. He can, he, can, I don't, I, he can beat me up. He can, he can hurt me. I'm okay. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see that fight actually. So, I mean, if you want to come to you WrestleMania, want me to go, would you pay my hospital bills? No, I won't, but I feel like you could do a GoFundMe for that and I'll donate for sure. I'll support. Um, I love like Sasha Banks, AKA Mercedes Monet is another one, another black woman in the, in wrestling. I feel like anytime for like now, especially seeing black people, but like, it's really like, I always loved the women's wrestlers more than even the men um, just for like everything they are. And um just like how hard they had to work, like such an uphill battle for women in the wrestling industry than even the men, um, even behind the scenes, just a lot of dark things that the women have had to oh, deal with. Sure. And I am um, just so appreciative and grateful for them. But yeah, like I, um, I think more than anything, I've always just been a fan of the idea of like these diverse characters that we get. And I don't even mean like, because pro wrestling has a history of like offensive diversity in many ways um very offensive characters going back to the 80s 90s in particular um even like early 2000s uh but i loved like i just love the range of characters i love the range of moves i love the physical abilities that they have i most of all though i think i love and appreciate that despite the fact that pro wrestling is something that people look at and they're like, it's fake. Do you know it's fake? I'm like, literally everyone knows that it's not, that it's like not, they're not actually fighting. We get it. Duh. Like this, like, have you ever, and have you who ever cares? Stop a, trying to yuck your yum? Well, no, it's not even that. Cause like, you know, it, like find better ways to yuck my yum, you know, like that's not like, because people, some people think like the base level <laughs> it's fake like yeah have you ever been to a movie before like yeah. those are scripted too it's a whole thing it's not no one thinks but like the athleticism and everything that you see and it's only one take just like stand-up comedy in a lot of ways like it's someone out there and they could either shine and do everything they're supposed to do or they could like 
literally fall on their face or whatever else worse bad things could happen and it's amazing to see people shine doing it because it is actually like a very dangerous um dangerous thing um which has been evidenced by things that have happened uh injuries and the like that have happened to folks that have been involved so i always appreciate what they do do and how good they are doing it um not to change topics but you mentioned no. stand-up are you a stand-up person at all like no. you enjoy consuming no and just, i just don't really it. i'll watch it sometimes um but no i like I, i'm not a huge fan of stand-up i i i'm embarrassed to say that there was a point in my teen years and exclusively in my teen years where i was uh, a dane cook fan mm. you know that's dark it was really dark um i thought he was funny yeah. As long as you're a Kevin McLean fan. Uh, <laughs> I am a Kevin McLean fan. We More than a that. Dane Cook fan, for sure. Um, for stand-up. That's that's totally it. No, I mean, I um I enjoy stand-up. I've I've had friends who've done stand-up. It's but I uh I don't know. I think for me it's like always the cleverness and the wit that goes into it that's most impressive and again like in pro wrestling you'll even have elements of that that you see um there are great pro wrestlers and amazing ones and charismatic ones like the rock is a great example of someone like that who just resonates transcends pro wrestling to all of media um but you know then there are also horrible pro wrestlers and it helps me appreciate that um not everyone has what it takes to shine in the ways that the best really do especially because i mentioned like i visited like independent wrestling shows a lot in my teens as a kid so i would go from like these wwe shows that had like tens of thousands of people there i'm going to wrestlemania with mari um in april and there will be like probably eighty thousand people there bring right Ari ferrari I have to see if Ari Ferrari is going to be there, actually. I know I've I talked to him about it. I love Ari Ferrari. And when I heard that you and Mari and Ari went to a oh, Survivor Series. Yeah, WWE yeah. Survivor Series. We I did. was so jealous that I wasn't there, even though I've never seen wrestling in my life. Hey, you could be a wrestler one day. You still got it. You still got it. I feel like you could do it. Just pick a character. What would be your wrestling name? Uh, the Brazilian Dragon. <laughs> Okay, what's uh, what are you wearing when you come out? Like you, okay, wait, no, I don't before know. that, what is the music like? What music is playing? What's your theme song? Uh, something, something like Disney Channel, like we're all in this together. I feel like is a pump up song. No, I no. don't think that that I don't think that works. You need something no. a little bit more like add like maybe, maybe that. Anita, Anita, maybe actually no, we're gonna go. We're all in this together, but like do like a rock remix or like Ooh. a EDM remix. Or Demi Lovato confident. Yeah, I I like that, but I just think you need to add like an even. We gotta we gotta do a workshop together. We'll we'll create wrestling characters for ourselves. And then and then I could also picture you like we need to have a thing where you blow fire. Actually, there was totally a wrestler. I'm thinking of um Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He he was a wrestler back in the day before my time for sure but he blew fire sometimes i think so look him up ricky the dragon steamboat ricky yes. steamboat great wrestler and uh he he 
as um, the kids would say, he wrestled the house down boots, <laughs> and he also uh, in and he also like had a whole dragon thing going on. So you could be like him. I hope I'm gonna Google him too to see if um he's still the, alive. Oh yeah, he's still alive, which you can't say for a lot of wrestlers back in those days. But yeah. no, oh my gosh, no, literally, Felipe, if you didn't. I'm going to just show you this. I'm dropping this picture in, in you know, there. check it out. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. give me a virus? War Dragon Wings. No. Oh, no. War Dragon Wings. Uh, blew some fire. Didn't burn himself. Amazing wrestler. That's I will you, say, I feel like wrestler newer. could make me feel, I feel like if I were a wrestler, I would want to make sure I look sexy. Because that's hey. so important. If I'm going to be shirtless, we're going to make myself make it work. So I got to work out first a little bit more. Well, you could fair, you could wear whatever you want to wear. Some wrestlers do wear shirts. Um, but, you know, you could wear whatever no, you want. No, the ladies you are know. showing up. I got I to gotta, I gotta go full chest. Oh my <laughs> you don't need to. You could look, you could go full chest now. You don't even need to. Like, come on. I'm telling <laughs> you, you fit right into pro wrestling right now. You've got it. We'll, we'll we'll chat we'll chat we'll continue this conversation because I need a yeah. character. I need to hashtag it. hashtag. Um, I don't want to fall on my face. My game. face is too pretty to get broken. I would I I wouldn't like you to fall on your face. I don't want my teeth to be I broken. Agree. But like um, how, what's your what's your familiarity <laughs> with the edge? Are you a the fan? edge? What's the edge? Uh, what's his real name? Adam Copeland. Oh, a wrestler. The wrestler yeah. Edge. Edge. Just Edge. Edge. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just Adam know of a different kind how of do you, How do you know him? Extinction. No, because he was in the Percy Jackson <laughs> show. Wait, what was he doing on the Percy Jackson he show? Will, he played Ares, and he's really good in it. Was it like one episode? He's No, in a couple episodes. He's like in the back wow. half of the series, or the season. I, I know him very well. I, I've, he's he's still in wrestling. He's still wrestling, actually. Yeah. Um, he's probably been wrestling like 30, 25 to 30 years at this point. No, definitely more than 25 years. He was in WWE like 25. He started in WWE probably like 25, 30 years ago. So I'm very yeah. familiar. Edge, what a Hall of Famer, one of the multi-time world champions, main eventer, big time star. But I didn't know he was on Percy Should Jackson. Mari get into wrestling? Should Mari be a wrestler? Not right now. No? Okay. She shouldn't be a wrestler. No. Yeah. I don't think she should be a commentator. Uh, she could be a commentator if yeah. she wants. No, no I, well, I feel I, like I, I, I you, mean, me, and Mari like, and Ari, we should go be wrestlers. Uh, you, all of us? Yeah, because I, I, I like to travel in groups. I don't like to go to try things out by myself. Honestly, I don't know. I like. I don't know if that would be a great group or not. That is a great squad at all times. It is a great in wrestling, though. You're oh. not. You don't have the. I don't know enough skills. about wrestling. I just meant like you don't going have the wrestling the skills. Mari, what Mari and I would be a really great wrestling tag team, though. Specifically, I do feel like Ari. So Ari and I were part of Survivor Philadelphia, yeah. and um, I just feel like at some point, if we're in the same group, like one of us is going to turn against the other one and oh, no. screw the other over. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous about that, but we have explored the idea of us being in a group. And then you added into the group is an interesting X factor with all of it. And I don't really know what to make of that. I don't know. Like, do you have a vision of what you would do in the group? 
I have no idea how are you the, the glue? Rest of I would the glue? look. I would wear like Brazil colors. Uh, I would probably I like, try to can, get I... blue spandex of sorts. No, no, don't rustle. You don't need to be a rustle. You can be a manager. Just wear Ooh. a suit. Wear a suit. Be like our Hollywood representative. Then I can't breathe fire. You don't need to though. Like you could just be in a suit. Yeah. Um, that looks like a dragon. I feel like Mike Mike Bloom. Slays. I could see Mike Bloom getting in the wrestling ring. I can't see that either. He dresses up in ridiculous I, com- costumes all the time. He has the costumes, but I just don't think he would. I like. I just okay. If you want to, I'm gonna pretend you asked me the question, Matt. Who would be great who, who pro wrestlers? Great pro wrestler from, from RHAP. RHAP. I asked so, you the question first. <laughs> Chappelle would. I think Chappelle would be an amazing pro wrestler. He's got the promo skills. He's got the height. Like I, he's got the agility. I think he'd be phenomenal. He's, yeah, he has the energy. He also he has, has the smack energy. talk. He has this 100%, all of it. So he's great. Um, I think that who else would be really great? I mean, Puya. Puya easily. Puya has a wrestling championship belt. He, like, put him in there. Like, he'd be amazing too. Um, who else would be really great? I think Sasha would be a great pro wrestler. And because I could just imagine, like, the char- 100%, the character would be amazing. But also, I could, it would be very interesting to see her in the ring because, you know, she, like, she calls herself fun size. Like, she's someone who could be really agile. And I would love to see Sasha versus someone like a, like, someone taller, like um, a Brian Scally, for example, (laughs) where it's like the thing where it's like Sasha's winning, but they have all these matches like Rey Mysterio versus the big show, or even like Sasha versus me as an example would be a thing where it's like this big contrast. Um, I would love to see. um, I think that's a really solid list of people who could. I want to see America. Bryce Bryce would be good in wrestling. He again, he he'd be amazing. Wendell would be good in wrestling. Um, uh, America Lopez, America would be really great. I could see her. I could see her really competing and everything yeah. in there with time. There are a lot of people. I mean, we could go on and on with this. I there. I almost feel like there needs to be a separate podcast that is a like a an RHAP pro wrestling draft where we draft either people who are on RHAP as podcasters or who have appeared on RHAP like reality stars maybe beyond the exit interviews like people who've appeared on like recaps and things like that because I do think that would be a really great draft and I would get the best pro wrestling squad and then my team would go up against your team and we'd go up against like I don't know Mari's drafting like go (laughs) against Mari's team you know I don't know who would approve of this idea but who needs approval we'll when try. you have your own podcast network? Feel free to come do it on the Brazilian Dragon anytime. Sure. <laughs> I'll keep it in mind. I'll, I have to – no, I mean, I, I think that it might be taken down. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going to appreciate being drafted to a wrestling league. But, you know, who knows? Or, like, not being the first draft pick, for instance. Like, I don't ever want to be the fifth. I, I'm okay with it. But I, who wants to be the fifth draft pick to a wrestling mm-hmm. league, you know? Um, Matt, anything else you want to add about media that shaped you as we start to wind things down? It's complicated. There's a lot of different media out there. There's a lot of things that shape us. So what are you watching right now? Besides the stuff that we've talked about, what's something, what's in recent media that made you, how about we start oh winding my things gosh. down? That? That's really challenging. I'm watching the traders. On Have you seen last night's episode? 
No, we can't talk. Okay, about I won't it. say anything. Uh, I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and that's coming out tonight. Um, I'm watching wrestling, like I said. I'm watching. What else am I watching right now? Um, you know what? I don't really even know if I'm watching anything too current week to week. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff, but I find so much solace in the busyness of life with just like going back and watching like always sunny in Philadelphia. That's one that I find myself appreciating. Cause I'm like, these people are horrible and this is offensive, but offensive in a way where I'm like, okay, I'm glad that you acknowledge you're horrible. I also haven't watched I've watched like maybe seven seasons of that show and there are like 15. And so I'm really actually interested in seeing how it evolves when it's like, yeah, that episode that we did in season three was way too problematic. Like I'm very curious to understand what the show is like now. Cause it's still on. Um, so I guess catching up on that. I don't know if we, we didn't talk about how I, Sorry, this is not what I'm on now, but I used to watch Desperate Housewives. I do put on an episode here and there. I know. I watched it uh, when I was going into, when I was in middle school, I was watching Desperate Housewives. Ooh, I okay. actually wrote an essay. I had to write an essay to get into like the school that I went to, the Catholic school I went to. Yeah. And I remember just being like, look at what America is. And not America Lopez. Like, look at what's happening with America that we have shows like Desperate Housewives and all this crap. And I don't even think I'd watch the show at that point, but I love that show. I love it. I could watch it any day. So, you know, some I think especially when there's just so much happening in the world, it does feel nice to go back to like the shows we love and just to like take them in again or catch up on something old that, you know, won't be like super uh i was gonna say super problematic but something old that won't like totally traumatize you or something you know it's yeah. great so i don't know if anyone has recommendations for things i could wa- should watch let me know tweet at um, matt and then also use hashtag better than the bigger than the game yes hashtag bigger than the game at matt scott gw on yeah. x and you could also reach out to me on instagram too but i love it love well, to love to be here is that what what are what are you uh what are you up to and doing i don't know i'm just handing it well, back i was gonna to throw you. it back to you and be like do you have any plugs oh yeah i mentioned so the wrestling wrap up rob has a website.com slash wrestling feed pod friends rob has a website.com slash pod friends feed each of those have their own individual podcasts and yeah, lots of fun we're having fun we're having fun on all that. the pods those are my plugs um and yeah i mean if you want to check out the docuseries i do you could go to drawdown.org slash neighborhood that's d-r-a-w-d-o-w-n.org slash neighborhood episodes are up there and other places and things but those are my plugs i think do you Love have it. Plugs? yeah am i supposed yeah, to I ask a, you that? i have a quick plug uh so the phineas yeah. and fur podcast is back what you're doing uh, and in terms of the Brazilian Dragon, we have the ball rolling on pre-production for a lot of fun stuff. Uh, stay tuned on the socials at what the fleep for my main at Brazil Dragon Pod on Twitter at the Brazilian Ooh. Dragon on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, I have a comedy show on Friday, February 9th. It's called Go yes. Show LA Aliens in Love. I'm performing comedy, but it's a variety show. Tickets are $10 and it's at the Pico Playhouse here in Los Ooh. Angeles. Come check it out um info is on my instagram 
Uh, but otherwise, hashtag bigger than the game. Matt, any final things you want to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm look in today's world. I am just shocked that that anyone could watch you for only ten dollars. <laughs> like ten dollars, that's so affordable. I mean, if you want to Venmo me, we can we can discuss what else. What you? No, no, no. What you'll do for ten dollars? For more. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I'm just saying, people show up to the comedy show. Venmo Felipe. It's not um, my Venmo. It's Goat Show LA. I think it's the Venmo. But like well, I said, Venmo Felipe, and um, you know, maybe you're maybe you won't be able to get into the show, but you'll have the satisfaction of supporting an incredible artist, an incredible luminary, incredible talent, an incredible podcaster, an incredible producer, an incredible entrepreneur, an incredible friend, an incredible uh, advocate, an incredible human being in Felipe, the Brazilian dragon. Too, too kind. Thank you so much for letting me get to know you better and the media that made you. Go check out Pod Friends because it's truly a work of art, masterpiece theater, um, and I am better for having listened to Pod Friends. Pod friends, pod friends. I don't know the song, but shout out to Will from America. Yes, shout out to him. Shout out to him for that. Thank you, Will. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute treat and delight. Obrigadero for listening, everyone. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.